Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. Thanks for um, coming on to, um, to to speak to us. So this is just a general, just a, a general chat with you, because obviously you've got a, quite a bit of uh, experience in uh, different spaces and uh, property and all of that. So the the podcast just generally uh, gets to uh, capture people's inspirational stories of people who have uh, done various things in life to sort of uh, inspire others. You know what uh, uh, your your journey basically. You know where you've uh, come from and uh, what have been the challenges, the successes, and any advice that you can offer to people so that people can get inspired from those those kind of things. So it's just a knowledge sharing, you know. So it's good to just have these conversations over a cup of coffee, especially in these kind of uh, COVID times, you know. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. so, so it'd be good. So I thought. Um, Probably just um, start off by uh, just just uh, giving us a, a background of your yourself, your your journey, like the early days, you know, where you come from, what has been the journey to get you to to where you, where you are now, and then we can explore uh, further from there in terms of what is what is happening now. So yeah, just just take us through the early days, almost like a a chrono- chronological order, like of of yourself from. Uh, humble beginnings and the journey, like even the family, the siblings and everything else. And then we'll pick it from there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. No problem. Mm. Um, came to came to the UK when I was one years old. Uh, mm. Not of my own decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm originally from Bangladesh. Uh, yeah. Came over when I was one and, uh, yeah, was uh, brought up in a council flat in South London. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, by I think the age of seven, my parents um, bought their own house in East London. So we moved to East London, and that's where I've been brought up, and that's where I've lived most of my life. Mm. Um, and I was, uh, well, not given the option. I was told I needed to go to private school at the age of yeah. 12. <laughs> 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 so it's not, well, it was like, like, like the most of us, yes, absolutely. <laughs> It was not twelve. Sorry, I think it was eleven. <laughs> I'm getting mixed up at the, uh, the age that you go to secondary school. <laughs> I should know it better because I've got uh, my daughter who's about to go to secondary school as well. Yeah. Um, but it was a it was a religious school, and um, it was the education wasn't what I um, what I was expecting it to be. So I fell behind for the first three years mm-hmm. when I eventually had to leave there and uh, went to a normal school. But one thing that did do because our opening times for the school was different it allowed me to actually look for work at that age so at the age of 12 is actually when I first started working working uh, at quite a young age Uh, but I got my first job Mm -hmm. at age 15 I should say so so although the the official first job I should say at the age (laughs) of 15 but um, from a young age I've always wanted to do more um, probably because um, I wanted to have things more things than uh, maybe my parents could provide and yeah. I wasn't always expecting that they could provide it I was always looking at how could I get it for myself mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah that's that's where it started yeah um, that brings me kind of like to 
when I went through college and university and where an entrepreneurial spark, I would say, kind of like started. So whilst I, um, once I had left college and went to university, I started investing in market stalls, not in the stalls themselves, but the market stall holders. Mm. So um, I would invest in them, in their stock, in the rent of their stalls, and it would be a JV and I would receive a profit share of off of uh, whatever they sold so that's one of the things that started and it, it kind of like um taught me one thing um i can only earn a certain amount of money myself if i, mm. if I spend, because I've, just like everybody else i've only got 24 hours in a day yeah there's only so much I, I can earn whereas if i if i have different people or different streams of income that i can make money with so i can do jv with different people I'm helping them to actually get themselves up. And I'm also by, you know, having uh, an income stream, which isn't something that I have to put all of my time into. And, and that made uh, a lot of sense. And that naturally progressed onto yeah. property. So with property, um, I had a friend that was working in an estate agency and he told me, look, there's loads of investors making money through property. You're the, you know, you're the ideal candidate. We should do something. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, so, so, yeah, I, I listened to him and we actually tried to um, buy some properties. And at the age of 19, whilst I was at university, I tried to purchase three properties. Yeah. And um, the problem there was it was quite expensive at that age uh, to go into property. And I got gazumped on all three. <laughs> Wow. I probably shouldn't have started with uh, trying to buy three at the same time. <laughs> not, not the best of starts, yeah. But then, uh, you know, you kept going. Well, what, what happened actually was I thought property is the worst thing. I was like cursing it. I was like, you know what? Don't do property. Uh, you know, you're going to lose money. It's really expensive. If you make a mistake or this happens or that happens, you're going to lose money. It's not going to. And I had lost a lot, of, a lot of money. For me at that time, it was a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I'm not going to do property. It's the worst thing. I walked away from it. Um, and it was the worst thing I've done. <laughs> and, and I'll explain why. Because about three years later, I, I came back to property. Because during that time, I was still watching the market, how prices were changing. And, yeah. the, and the house prices had almost doubled in three years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So mm -hmm. it, it, was a, it was a crazy time. House prices were going crazy. So um, I then realized, you know what? I'd made a big mistake. Mm. I needed to be in property. That's where the money was being made. And it wasn't just rental. It was this appreciation of value. The capital growth, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so it was like, had I put that money in, I wouldn't have had to pay the mortgage from my own pocket. But the value of this property would have gone up. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so exactly. so that's what? where I decided, you know what? Hmm. Let's rethink it and do something and get back into property. Yeah. Um, so that. Cool, cool. But I mean, go go going back, just picking up on that point. I mean, you, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, do you think you would have benefited with some kind of property education? You know, because would that have helped you, like the three years before, to actually go in rather than you know, uh, not not doing it when you you started and you had a chance to actually pursue it. I, I think the next stage of my property journey, definitely it would have made a massive difference. Hmm. Um, but at that time, 
uh, we're talking we're going back about now about 18 19 years ago so mm -hmm. um and then if you're going back to when i started and i, and I lost the um, first three properties by being exempt we're going back about uh 23 years ago 20, yeah. 23 years ago uh, it probably would have but yeah. there, at that time there wasn't uh education there wasn't courses um yeah. Yeah. so there was there was a few networking events you know cropping up starting but this was uh in its infancy there was no yeah like today courses mm. not even like that many books there was one book that was brilliant though yeah um, which was rich dad poor dad which All i right. really did read. <laughs> and it was, a, it was definitely a brilliant book which i would recommend to anybody that hasn't read it to yeah. definitely read that book it's a, it will change your mindset mm. and if if you're of that mindset anyway it will just amplify what you're doing mm absolutely now i think that's taking taking you back a little bit because one of the things you know when people are looking either to start in business or maybe they have the natural sort of edge in in business is this issue about you know in most cases a lot of us we are programmed with uh, this uh, education you know go to school so essentially the rich dad poor dad message that you know go to school and a good uh, education and then you can find a good job and work and and all of that and follow the natural path that will actually give you some sort of income it may not uh, uh, give you in the end like uh, financial freedom in the in the sense that uh, entrepreneurs or business people do but you 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 sort of programmed in that way so I mean, t t taking uh, or looking at your situation, and, and this, uh, you know, I look at my situation as well. Do you think there's an element of uh, either the, the cultural upbringing or where uh, the, the background of people plays a part in their mentality in terms of how they see the direction of, of money in, in, in the sense that either I get a, a job and then I will have a good job maybe be a doctor, an accountant or something. Or if you come from a certain background, it's all about business and struggle and, you know, you have to hustle and, uh, you know, maybe go into business, try different things. And your mentality is different in that sense. Do you think, because I understand, you know, Bangladesh is you know, a bit similar to, you know, my country in Africa and Malawi in the sense that there's a lot of poverty there. You know, you can, you know, if you do school, you do education, yes, but there's people you know hustling in a lot of things either you know working or doing property or fixing things or businesses and that's a, a sort of mentality that puts people into looking at opportunities in different things and for me it seems maybe for you obviously you come you come here at a, an early age but the parents and uh, you know your background would have somehow instilled this element of uh, you know go above and beyond just education look also outside maybe that's where you know someone talks to you about property. You pick it up. You want to try and you want to do things. How, how, how do you think that element plays a part in you know the cultural element? The, this this kind of thing. I think having education it allows everybody to get to a cert, certain level and it gives it a certain level of uh, of a playing field. Mm. But education, um, everything is education. You never stop yeah. learning, right? Mm. So. When, when you go to school, you learn. Uh, when you go to work, you learn. Mm. When you're doing things where you're trying to start a business, you're, you're learning. Now, mm. I think it's more to do with people putting fear into you. Don't do this. You might lose out. And that's wow. probably the worst mm. thing um, yeah. you can instill in, in a child or you can instill in a person. Mm. Um, because a lot of the time, we're not fearful of doing these things. We're not, we're not scared 
of losing money. We're not scared of... We're, we're in the UK. If you yeah. didn't have a job and you didn't have... Or your business went pear-shaped, what's the worst that could happen? It's yeah. you're going to start at the very bottom. <laughs> but we're, we're so scared <laughs> of yeah. starting or losing a little bit of what we've got. We don't we don't push ourselves forward to do these things. Mm. And, and I think that fear factor stops a mm. lot of lot of people. And it's education, it's our background, because a lot of our parents will be like, go to school, go to college, go to university, get the mm -hmm. education, and you can become a doctor because you're going to earn lots of money. Yeah. It really, really depends on your personality type, because we're all different. Yeah. And a lot of the times we're quite opposite to our parents. Mm -hmm. so if our parents are really, um, you know, they're scared about uh, investing or they're scared about losing, you'll find yeah. the children usually are slightly opposite. Or if they've been really instilled, then they that's how they that's how they grow. They'll do the same. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think education is 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 not really just a school. Education is everyday life. What you yeah. learn out of it, and that mm. builds everybody's character. Um, and the more you get educated in the sector or the area you're in, the less fear you have of what you're doing. So somebody yeah. that's a building, you know, on a building site, putting up um, scaffolding, they can, you know, do it like, uh, you know, jumping from one bar to a, <laughs> another bar and things like that. But if you and I jumped on there, we'd be scared looking down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. and that's education for them as well. So mm -hmm. just how it is. Yeah. But there, there must there must also be an element of the like the people around you, for example, how supportive they are in terms of you taking those risks, you know. Because sometimes if you have uh, people who you admire and you respect, and you know you want to take this risk, and they are sort of maybe not discouraging you or telling you, "Oh, this can go wrong." Like you're saying, you, we like stability. You know, if you if you get a good job, you're a doctor or an accountant, then you're stable. You can have a family, and everything is set. But if you want to jump into something else, it's like, uh, oh, you know, what if this goes wrong or whatever? But if people are supportive to say, yeah, you know, we've, we've got your back, you know, give it a go, give it a try. You know, if it doesn't work, maybe they will support you another way. Or even if it doesn't work the first time, they still, you know, give you that added motivation and thing. That does that help as well to have people uh, yeah, around? Yeah. Who are... I think that, again, depends on your personality. I've been a bit rebellious. So mm. when people say, no, it can't be done. I have to find a way to make it work. <laughs> you make it work. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's one of the things. But if 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 you need that support and that would help you, I think then that would be really good to have that type of support. And I suppose now we have this support in uh, from different areas. So you have yeah. mentors, you have yeah. um, uh, networks and things like that that can support you. Me personally, yeah. I wanted when I started in property, I wanted to do some deals. And I was told you shouldn't or these ain't going to work um, yeah. from people that I thought were very knowledgeable in business and understood, you know, how business works. Eventually, mm -hmm. I realized or came to the understanding that, you know what, they do it their way. And I've got a different way. They're, although we might be aiming for the same end goal. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not understanding my path. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's, that's very that's very key that's very key you know to to understand because just like you, you know you're saying some people you know you respect and they're doing well in business you know their word can mean something but it can also cut out your instinct like the way that you you want to do like your rebellious spirits i think sometimes it's all about 
letting people go and experience what they want to go. You know, if it, it works, it doesn't work. Anything like I was, I was, uh, I, I read somewhere where it says whether you know you win or lose, there's no losing, it's actually a lesson <laughs> in a way. So, whatever happens, just learn from it and tweak and and uh, uh, do it in a, a different way, but uh, while being true to yourself. So, what makes you happy and what makes you tick and what makes you motivated to go and, and do what, what uh, you need to do because that's. What it's all about at the end of the day, isn't it? You know? Exactly, exactly. Mm, you know, so you 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 do stuff that's more aligned to your values and the goals that you set yourself. Otherwise, you're just moving and copying and doing what other people are doing. But uh, in the end, it doesn't make you as happy or as enlightened because it's not truly you, to to an extent. You know, so yeah, yeah that, that that's a good point. So. Uh, yeah, t- take us through your your property journey then. Like, um, you know, uh, what did you get to do? How much? Where where you are? How did it go? And uh, all the lessons and things w- within. Okay, so I bought I bought the first property with two partners. Um, this was quite a large property. It was a corner plot property, and uh, again, first property. I probably should have done this, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good lesson. It wasn't yeah. a bad or anything at all. We bought it above market value. So we didn't oh, yeah. do what everybody would tell you today, buy below market value or even buy at market value. So we paid above market value, but with a vision we could do something with the property. Yeah. And we converted it into three flats. Mm-hmm. Um, and we converted we converted it into three flats and we used one as a HMO. So right from the offset, it was about diversifying, making sure that we can reduce our risk right right from the beginning. Yeah. As if we convert into three flats, we've got three different um, incomes coming in. One of them is a HMO. So mm-hmm. we've diversified that uh, that property with yeah. the over the mortgage of properties. Um, and this was a really good model. Um, it worked really well. And nobody else was at that time doing something like this. Yeah. I hadn't yeah. seen nobody else doing something like this. So I replicated this and carried on. But from the second property onwards, um, I actually didn't have any money or very much money, so yeah. I had to get more money down. So I had yeah. to find ways of, of doing it. Yeah. Now that same friend who had told me get into property because he used to work in an estate agent, he had seen what I'd done with this property. He was like, "Can we do the same thing?" Yeah. Well, of course, obviously, yes, we can find a property. The only problem is I got no money. <laughs> he goes, "Okay, I have actually found a property that I've come to you, um, and I've got somebody that will lend us the, the money." Yeah. Uh, can you find a way of how we can pay them back? So it was like, okay, if they can lend us the money for six months, seven mm-hmm. months, mm-hmm. Um, then we can do all the work that's necessary, refinance, and pay them back. Would that work? Because yeah. I can uh, arrange that. So yeah, so that's the second property we've done. Uh, done a similar thing. Bought a large property, converted this one into two flats, uh, made one of them a HMO, mm-hmm. used that one as a single let, and again that model just just worked really well. Yeah. So, was a really good model to replicate and yeah. uh, even to this day i still own those properties because they're very good income generating properties properties yeah wow that, that that's really good and that that's the key there isn't it because if you look at that model then to some extent it doesn't matter whether you're actually buying at market value or even slightly above because you're creating that value in those properties and then uh, extracting that value through the refinance process in a way so 
to, to, to an extent, you, you can probably get to do more, isn't it? Because you're not competing at the below market value properties because if you can't find those, or there's a lot of competition of people actually getting those and you can get stuck in terms of your progression. But with your model, you can just, anything that is ideal, whether it's at market value, you can still pursue it and actually get to do stuff from there. So you must have uh, built up quite a, a decent portfolio doing that model. Do you work with uh, other investors as well? Well, uh, what, I, what I did end up doing was during this time, I was always looking, as I said, I was always looking to buy properties, but there was very little money. So I had to find <laughs> creative ways to purchase properties. So it became finding ways to have no money left in or very little money left in. And today mm. what we call <laughs> no money down. Yeah. <laughs> of strategies. Um, again, back then it wasn't being taught. So uh, <laughs> it was trial and error trying to find, yeah. find things. Yeah. And it was really difficult back then because if you went to a solicitor and you tried to explain what you're doing or you wanted to do, yeah. majority of solicitors would turn around and they'll be like, well, we only do vanilla conveyancing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Whereas now you have, uh, you know, a lot of more solicitors out there that are willing to be a bit creative. So it's yeah. a, it's a, again, as I said, it's a lot easier now. Mm. But yeah, it was finding the right people do, doing mm. these things, and yeah. it became finding ways to buy property with very little money left in, or no money, no money, um, no money down. Uh, did, did did you did you find any challenges with uh, planning as as well as uh, maybe mortgage lenders, mortgage finance with your model? um okay so it was a time where getting mortgages and finance was relatively easy mm. um and they were a lot more flexible than they are today um when, when i say that i mean today when you buy a property and you want to convert it you have to usually go down the bridging route um if you wanted to use it if you want to use it as a hmo you got to get a commercial mortgage um and things like that whereas the properties that i have uh, and the mortgages that i that i have they were they covered more as in like they covered more areas so they did cover things like hmos so they were a lot easier to get yeah. in that sense so mm. today i think there's more products available um but they're geared to the specific specific areas uh, and that's yeah. what we did. yeah Okay, so so when you when you are converting the properties and and doing parts of them as HMOs and parts as uh, flats, were you doing title splits or just putting everything in in one? How how what was your experience around the different models? If at all, I, I was keeping them on a single title. Yeah, now, the reason for that was the products that I I was the mortgage products that I was getting. It made it easier to just have it on a single title. Had yeah. I split it into uh, had I split the titles, then I would have needed to get separate mortgages for each one, and then it would have been different products. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, it stayed as it is on a single title. Yeah, on the single title. Okay. No, that that's great. That's great. So, fast forward to today. Where where are things now, and uh, what's uh, um, uh, what's what's happening uh, with with you? Well, if you fast forward to now, I mean, uh, last I'd say if you go back. 11 years i was retired for 10 years yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I, I only came back to property about a, a year ago yeah uh, oh, a year okay. ago. Mm. Um, to do what i do best or what i enjoy most which is uh, structuring deals and that's what i'm back into doing now so i've already um i've currently exchanged on a property which is a title split see mm. the ones that i did previously I, I wouldn't do the title split because the pro mortgage product 
yeah. uh, means it's beneficial to keep it on one single title. Whereas the ones that I'm buying now, it actually makes more sense to add the value by splitting the titles. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm purchasing a property and uh, splitting the title. Um, I've got a few more in the pipeline as well, uh, both title splits and vendor finance. And I've got one which is hopefully going to be going through, which I've made an offer on. And if the vendor accepts, will be an assisted sale. Mm. Oh, cool. That's great. So at the moment, do you, do you just do stuff for yourself or you offer the service to other investors or other people who are looking to either do deals with you or, or get properties from you or any kind of help from you? What's the current model? I I love JVing. So I JV with people that are looking to enter the market, um, whether it be rent for rent, because as I said, I've been doing HMOs for 18 years now. Yeah. So I understand that model, including all the licensing, legislation, plus yeah. planning side of things. So yeah, I help people to get onto the ladder um, and I JV with them because it's, as I said, it's almost similar to what I did when it was the market store holders. I invest in somebody, help them to get up yeah. and I also earn something in return which yeah. I love that model because it's, it's a win-win. Yeah. Um, in uh, so, so that's what I'm doing on, on, that, on that side, I think. But again, I help people find their strategy as well. So I, I yeah. see a lot of people doing loads of different strategies, but if they don't understand what they have in terms of money, times, experience, and their own personality, yeah, they may be chasing something or a strategy which doesn't really work or they won't make the best out of it. Yeah. So some people have plenty of money and they want to go down rent to rent HMO, for instance. That's probably not the best strategy for them in, mm. in terms of how far they can get in five years. It probably mm. will not get them to their, you know, financial freedom point the way they want. They were expecting it. They'll probably have a job instead of the job, the current job that they have. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if they've done it slightly differently, they may be able to get to their financial freedom figure a lot quicker. Uh, yeah. And in a much easier way, so that's that's one of the things I do help people mm. find their strategies. But I'm always looking for people to JV with. Yeah, to JV, great, great. And uh, just uh, going back to the uh, the early days as well. So um, university and then uh, investing in property. Did you have a was there a point where you were actually in full time employment? Did you like leave uni and then start? went to work and worked for someone or did you just um, cut no. all that out and ventured straight into a business and investment? The, the last year of property, I set up, set up an IT company to do basically installation and maintenance of networks. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one of the things I was good at. So I used to set up voice over IP systems, telecom systems, uh, yeah. IPCCTV when it was in its infancy. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was pretty, pretty good as in like it was... Um, both voice over IP and IP CCTV systems were quite yeah. new. So it was a unique business. Um, now it's quite commonplace. But yeah. after about, I think it was about 18 months of doing that, I, I sold that off and went full, fully into property. Yeah. So I've wow. never actually had a full time. <laughs> I've never had a full time from working. <laughs> wow, that's, uh, that, that, that's good. That's good. But... But that has worked for you, isn't it? So you, you've, you've never sought that kind of, uh, uh, you know, stability of just getting a job, getting stuck in there and, 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 and moving on. You've always been looking at all this entrepreneurship and, and uh, a business, yeah? 
I've, I've had jobs. So I've been working for, for instance, uh, I, I did work at Sainsbury's. Um, and prior to that, I worked in uh, in McDonald's. Now, mm. although I've had jobs, I never saw them as what's going to make me happy or make me financially free. Mm. Now, I know a lot of people may go through school, college, university, and then get a job and think this is what's my security. Yeah. But I've never seen a job as security. That's probably my <laughs> main reason why I've never really wanted a job. Yeah. Having yourself as your own boss is probably the worst thing, but <laughs> I feel a lot more secure knowing yeah. that I know how to make the money. Yeah, I feel very comfortable being with that with that knowledge that if you know how to make money, you're never mm. poor, right? Yeah. So it's almost like the the fish and giving the man uh, giving the man a fish he eats for a day, or give him a, a teach him how to fish and he feeds himself for a life. So I feel the fact that I know how to make money. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot more comfortable and I never feel poor because if I ever need to make more, I just have to implement more. Yeah, absolutely. So having those, uh, um, you know, life skills that you can you can deploy, because essentially, even if you were to 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 lose or give up everything now, you, you can guarantee yourself that you can replicate this in the next six months or a year or whatever and bring yourself back up to, to where you need to be. So those are life skills and, and business skills are actually key to to because uh, uh, essentially you're making yourself more valuable uh, uh, by uh, you know investing yourself in, in that knowledge. So that's uh, that's really really good to see. Okay, cool, cool. So in terms of your investment patch, is it mainly in London or do you venture uh, outside into all all over the UK? What's your Okay, so my, my current portfolio majority is in London and the surrounding counties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't I don't have a gold mine area. So a mm-hmm. lot of the time people will speak or say they have a gold mine area. So that might be London or Birmingham or Manchester, wherever wherever they might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so my focus is more on um, strategy. So I'm deal-centric rather than yeah. area-centric. So if the deal uh, is, is right, then I, could, I will do it. Uh, and the reason for that is uh, my passion is in actually doing the deals. Yeah. Deals. So once I've actually bought the property, I don't actually want to manage it. So I will give it to somebody else to manage the property. So my my, my focus is in more on actually doing the deals. Mm, great, great, great. Okay, good. So what about uh, sort of a out, outside property, like family and, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Bangladesh and everything else. Do you, do you get to go to uh, Bangladesh or travel around or what, what stuff do you do outside of all this? Uh, I do like to travel. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I did go to Bangladesh just before the pandemic and the and the lockdown. Sorry, I'm just yeah. going to... Um, yeah, so I did go to Bangladesh just before the lockdown yeah. uh, and I enjoy traveling. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I've got four children. I'm married with four children. Ah, well <laughs> they keep me What are the ages? How, how old are they? So my oldest is ten. So my daughter's ten years old. My yeah. son is uh, oh, he just turned. He just turned nine two days ago. Yeah, and, uh, I've got a daughter who is six mm. and a, a daughter who is four. 
Yeah. So they'll probably grow, grow up with a different, uh, um, you know, mindset around business and school and everything, isn't it? They'll probably, you know, follow what, what you do and see what you do around uh, adding value and properties, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my wife is of the mindset of uh, everything is limited. You know, money doesn't grow on trees, but I, mm. I don't like to give them that mindset. So if, mm. if, if my child or if any of my children do kind of say, oh, we don't have the money for this and this and the other, I say, never think of it like that. Just think of how you can get it. If you want something, think of how yeah. you can get it. You can uh, get it. Never have that mindset that oh we're poor or we can't or somebody else has more it doesn't matter what somebody else has yeah that's be happy for them but if you want something just find your path or find a way to get it. yeah wow that, that that's that's a very key uh you know interpretation there in sense of uh, you know you're thinking of how can i if, if if you need money or something it's not that i don't have the money but flip it the other way around what can i do to get the money so i can get this so that's a very uh subtle but very important uh mindset uh, shift there so how how do you what's what's your experience of uh, bangladesh and life out there like uh, uh how people live it must be quite different obviously to here and how, how do you resonate the two and even like your kids as well uh, spanning across those those, those my children haven't haven't been to bangladesh i no. i only went i uh, think it, since <laughs> since i came at the age of one i've only been three times twice mm. um so the last time i went was about age of 22 yeah uh, no, prior to to, the, to this year and yeah. this year the reason i actually went was because my father passed away last year and i had to go and deal with his estate oh, sorry to hear that yeah, yeah mm. that's the reason otherwise i probably would not have gone yeah but, going there um it's a very different lifestyle definitely. yeah <laughs> can imagine very yeah. different lifestyle um yeah. and i think definitely by being here there's lots of opportunities here mm. but if you can change or shift people's mindsets over there yeah. they have so much opportunity but they just don't realize it yeah that that's that's the thing it's it's that uh love I guess it's it's the, is that difficulty of the availability of resources, especially more around the knowledge and the thing. But the the, the thing I find in uh, places, even like for me in Africa, people with what they know and what they have, they are still happy within <laughs> their own world because they just make the best of what is there, and, and because that's that's what they know. Because in most cases, there's no uh benefit in crying over oh if i was this if i was that or if i could do this you know just make the best of what you have to the best of your abilities and then you can you can uh, uh you know just as 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 be happy in, in bangladesh or in africa or malawi or or here you know so that's uh that's the, the key as well cool, cool, cool you have the community this this is what it is though if your community is entrepreneurial or your community is uh, afraid to do things. That that's that's how everybody you know instills it in you as well. So yeah. when I was in Bangladesh, they are very entrepreneurial, but they but they also um, I think you might even find it in your country where people from UK will send them money, and and it's almost like they don't want to work. If they can yeah. make it for free, then they, they, that's what they want. So they'd rather yeah. just have the rather than learning how to create a business. 
yeah. and that is probably the worst thing over there but they have got so much opportunities when i was yeah. there mm -hmm. i think in in these country third world countries there is so much opportunity yeah but yeah. they just taking advantage of it mm. yeah no i see i see what you mean okay cool so i mean if someone was uh looking to make a start in any particular venture or business you know probably or otherwise i mean from your experience and uh, things that you've gone through what what would you say are the the sort of key things that they should think about in terms of what challenges that they may face and how to actually uh sort of tackle those what what would be your key lessons over the years of your experience um i, I found when i've done or when I've looked at what I want to do long term, it becomes easier to do what you're doing short term. So if you look at or have a five year or a 10 year or a 15 year plan, it becomes easier to do what you're doing today. So if you're looking at where you want to be in, say, for instance, five years, you yeah. can work backwards and then see whether it's doable or not. Mm. Uh, if you just think that I'm going to do this and it's going to go in these, if it's easier to actually work backwards than it is forwards. So, uh, you know. Set mm -hmm. up your plan. In five years' time, I want my business to be here. And how do I make it get there? And then yeah. look at can you put in that time and effort? Because usually it's the first few years which are the most difficult. But if you can see where you're aiming to get to, mm -hmm. then it becomes easier to actually get there. Because yeah. a lot of people, when they start, the first thing they start out saying is, I need. Right. I need to have this and I need to have that. And by saying that, they automatically stop themselves in their tracks yeah. because they what they need is usually for today. And it's not for five years down the line or 10 years down the line. Mm. If you sacrifice today and wait for that delayed gratification, majority yeah. of the time, it will actually be a lot better off for you. Wow. So how, how that long-term vision or goal that you're pursuing isn't it and then like you say break it down to what is it that you're doing today that is taking you towards that 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 that, that goal so you stay focused and on track mm. yeah most so, businesses in the first few years don't don't make very much money mm. um and that's the that's the survival stage if you can survive those few years yeah. and get yourself to the, to the position where it's flourishing then you'll do do well yeah okay well what, what about for people who they are probably in an either an overwhelmed or confused state in the sense of what can they do how can people discover that because not everyone is going to be uh you know a property person or this and that how can they get to realize what they can do, if anything at all? It's probably best by hanging around or speaking to other people within the industries that they're looking at. So mm. I'll probably emphasize it more about property because that's that's the area yeah. that I'm mainly mm. in. Um, if you network with other people, you can you can find what other people are doing and see what resonates with you mm. and would you be able to do it. Um, there's no point in um, trying to set up an essay if that's you're not going to be putting that type of time and effort yeah. in. Mm. Uh, if that doesn't, if you don't like dealing with tenants, there's no point in setting up a management company. Yeah. <laughs> right? If yeah. you're afraid of doing construction, there's no point in going into development. So, yeah. so these things, hang around with people or um, network with people and find 
you know your common ground and find what resonates with you if yeah. it doesn't resonate with you or you don't think you can you can do it you shouldn't be do, you probably shouldn't be doing it mm. speak to other people uh, and find your strategy so if you are definitely going to go down the route of property you have a personality you have a limited amount of time you have a limited amount of money you have a limited amount of knowledge yeah so you need to find which strategies work so you might start off with one and it can yeah. change as you go because your both your uh, your money will change your knowledge will change mm. and the amount of time you have will also change so what you start off with may not be what you're going to be doing in 3 years time yeah. yeah but it's probably best for you to start off with what what you can do what resonates with you um and it might not be that you're going to be doing property by the way it yeah. might not be Going to be, uh, <laughs> you might turn around and say, you know what, this isn't for me. Yeah. I, I, I want to set up an eBay business or I want to set up an uh, Amazon business. It might be something totally different. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that I have the money, I don't have the time and knowledge, but I know somebody else that, that has, but I also wouldn't mind, you know, doing some type of JV and a profit share. Yeah. And there's plenty of people that are in that position that can do that. They can do that. Or even better, mm. what I'm currently doing is earn and learn. So if that's what you want to do, but you yeah. don't have the knowledge, you can either go and pay for the knowledge, you know, whether it's be courses, mentoring, books, um, that 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 path, or you can do a JV with somebody, which you can see the process, the full process from A to Z, how it works, and mm -hmm. then at the end, you've earned something. If it yeah. works for you, you can go and do it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think picking up on that. The, the the key um, messages you're you're saying there. I think for you to be sort of inspired in whatever you're doing, and for you to last the course in a way that when there's challenges, because you know, to be honest, business is 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 not necessarily easy. I mean, even your property and all of this, it's not all easy. But if it's something that you're inspired by, that's where you enjoy the challenges because you mm -hmm. you then last the course, isn't it? Because this is a an area that um, I'm actually, you know, write, writing about as, as to, you know, how people get started. So you have to look at, uh, you know, what what are your values? What are the things that you like to do? What are the things that you enjoy? And if you can link those with, uh, um, it's almost monetizing your passions with what you want to do in the future, then when the challenges are there, you're actually enjoying them. I mean, imagine for you, you know, you find a property and, uh, you know, maybe it's in a worse state or whatever it is. You're, you're probably rubbing your hands saying this, you know, I will enjoy splitting this or doing this in a particular way. Whereby for someone who is not a property person, they'll be like, oh, my God, what have I gotten myself into? Oh, I can't do this. I've lost all my money and all of this. But you look at it differently if it's something that is that inspires you. And it's linked to you know what drives you and motivates you. So that's uh, that's quite quite key as well, you know. So mm -hmm. uh, good good to know. So how has um, the um, pandemic uh, affected uh, the way that you're sort of conducting business or or or, or your um, the the outlook, either of the economy and everything else that's happening? I mean, what what has been the impact? Because with everything that happens, people look at things different way, either as an opportunity or something else that will actually, uh, you know, or break them down or something. What has been your view and experience around the difficulties of the pandemic? 
Yeah. Well, with, with the pandemic, for a lot of people, it's been hard. It's been difficult. Yeah. But for me personally, it's been it's been one of my busiest times, um, mm. maybe apart from one year in my life when I bought majority of my properties. Other mm. than that, it's been one of my most busiest times, both personal development in terms mm. of pushing my business forward. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason I say pushing my business forward, knowing that the opportunities are going to be there. Uh, there's no point in waiting. So I had a 24 month of how I wanted my business, uh, you know, how to prepare up. Um, and I brought it all forward because I know there's lots of opportunities out there. So during this pandemic, there are going to be people that are going to lose. There are people that are going to yeah. gain. That's, mm. that's, that's just how it happens. It's not going to be the same as previous recessions, I don't feel. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a, a major shift. So there's going to be a major shift in wealth. And you just got to prepare yourself up. Yeah. And, Put yourself in the position uh, where you can take advantage of that. You're not trying to take advantage of people. You're taking advantage of the situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I work mainly on win-win situations. That's what I, I prefer to do. So I don't buy property because I want to buy property. I buy property because I can solve somebody else's problem. And it, if it's done in a way which is a win-win situ situation for both of us, it benefits both. So I'm not trying to... Buy, buy a property 25, 30% on below market value and then, you know, leave, leaving the person uh, in a really yeah. dire, dire position. That's not the type of thing I, I like to do. It's, it's yeah. going to be in a win-win in a uh, for, for both of us. Mm -hmm. So during this uh, pandemic, I've been super busy. I've been um, doing lots mm -hmm. of working still over yeah. Zoom. Um, mm -hmm. I've been carrying out a lot, lot more. So the meetings would normally have been over coffees or go, going to central London, meeting up. Yeah. Because I'm doing on, on Zoom, I'm doing more of them per day <laughs> than I was doing previously. Yeah. So it, it has been very busy. It has been definitely yeah. very busy. And yeah. outlook, if 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 you are looking to expand and doing something, and you're positioning yourself correctly, yeah. um, a few years is definitely uh, an opportunity. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and that's the, the key you say there about uh, you know, looking at the opportunities, uh, you know, where you can actually add that value for people uh, and also leverage yourself in terms of taking advantage of what's around. Because obviously with lockdown, people, you can't travel depending on the restrictions available. You can't meet people, but you can then leverage uh, technology like the Zoom and all of that, those kind of things. And uh, that can actually give you opportunities to reach the masses as well. A lot more people like, you know, maybe an online program or something that you can sell online and uh, you're leveraging yourself in terms of people can watch it wherever they are and you can you can reach the masses in terms of that. So it's all that uh, uh, thinking of what, um, what what people can can do actually. So, yeah. It's a, it's a good good to see good to see. So, the time that because uh, you mentioned you were like uh, retired for uh, was it ten years or something? Was that yeah, <laughs> yeah. how 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 did that happen? What was that uh, was that uh, planned or did you just wanted to take time off? What what was the the view? Okay. So I'd set myself a five five year goal of if I could hit my financial freedom figure, I'm going to yeah. basically. Uh, stop investing. I don't want to uh, carry on, on, carry on taking on mortgages and paying interest. Um, mm. So these, this was one of the things. So I set myself a target in five years. I'll be able to achieve my financial freedom figure. Um, unfortunately, I didn't do it in five years. Um, 
I fortunately did do it in one. So um, mm. <laughs> uh, after, yeah, as I'd hit my financial freedom figure, I thought I'm not going to keep on changing the goalposts. I'm not going to keep on changing it, you know, to a higher figure or more properties. Yeah. This is our properties that I'm comfortable with. This yeah. is the amount of properties that I can comfortably uh, manage and it gives me pretty much basically f freedom to do what I needed to do. Uh, yeah. So I decided that that's where I'm going to stick with it. And at that time, also, my f first daughter was born. So uh, it was, oh. I, I did during that 10 years. I did do other jobs. I set up a yeah. maintenance company. Um, I helped a, a big housing association set up a lot of uh, rent, um, which you call it HMOs, mm -hmm. uh, rent HMOs. So I was doing a lot of that. So showing them how to partition properties to maximize um, the properties yeah. so i did do a lot of that but it wasn't the same as what i enjoyed which was structuring deals so deals. Yeah. my youngest went to nursery decided yeah. i've got more time on my hands I spent time. Time with my kids watched them growing up you know mm. out. um well, i'm gonna go back to doing what i uh, enjoyed most and uh, that is basically structuring deals the structure cool that, that's great so um, what about like the next five years or what, what's your uh, plan and vision now then looking ahead to the next few years? Well, next uh, five years, um, definitely I'm going to be growing the portfolio. So yeah. that's, that's one of the things. Um, mm -hmm. And it's more now helping other people, uh, teaching other people. So one of the things I do do is I run uh, PPN Stratford. So yeah. we have a lot of people that do come we, we network because one of the things that you do need to do in, in property is network network um, yeah if you, have, if, if you have a problem or a solution you know you, you need to be networking with other people to be either offering the solution or if yeah. you've got a problem finding the solution from from other people within your network yeah uh, and one one more thing that i am setting up is a course um it's an online course on finding your strategy um so this actually will be uh, it's in it's in uh, progress. It will be available in the new year in 2021. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 not like all of the other uh, all of the other courses that are out there at the moment. There's plenty of courses, but yeah. you have to find your own strategy. So this isn't actually giving you a strategy or teaching you the strategy. Mm -hmm. Basically, outlining uh, what you should be starting with or what you could be starting with. So yeah. rather than spending lots of time going to different places, trying uh, seeing. Uh, lots of people present you different types of strategies and then choosing, you know, I want to do this. This is more focused on what is your background? What is your, uh, what what do you have available to you in terms of time, money? Uh, what is your skill sets? Uh, and which ones would probably be best for you to start with now? Mm -hmm. And if you want to obviously change, even if you're already in property yeah. and you don't know which ones you should be doing next, yeah. which ones you should uh, be doing next. So it, it, it gives you more of a pathway of least resistance to get yeah, to to get to. Yeah, no, that, that that's great. That's great. That 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 should be good because you know people, you know, in most cases they they need that that guidance because otherwise the field can be overwhelming because there's a, a lot out there. I mean, in property itself. There's, there's so many different strategies, so many things that you can do. I mean, if you're following an income strategy, you can have rent to rent or just buy to let or HMOs or all sorts. So it's a capital strategy. You can be doing like office to resi and all sorts. So for people to actually get to decide and find what is the area that they need to do, sometimes people get stuck with that. And, you know, your 
offer and could actually help people with that as well. So uh, that should be a, a, a good um, uh, offering for for people. So uh, just uh, as, as we um, get uh, towards the end, what, what do you think is the role of uh, training or mentorship or things for, for people if they wanted to in whatever venture that they're doing? Would you, would you encourage that? Because sometimes... How do you pick the right ones and all this, considering there's a lot out there which can overwhelm people? Again, it's really down to your personality type. If mm-hmm. if you learn by, or you're very good at learning just off of reading, some people are perfect at just buying a book, reading it and implementing it. Some mm-hmm. people need a little bit more visual so they can watch uh, something that might be uh, on, on a, online or on video and they can do yeah. that. Others need a bit of classroom or uh, interaction with uh, the teachers and other people, their peers. And again, then you have uh, mentorship as well. So it really depends on where you know where, where you are and what type of help you need and what type of help helps you the most. Yeah. Uh, and then you take it from there. Obviously, books is like the cheapest and it's the easiest to start yeah. with. Uh, mentorship is probably the most expensive. Yeah. as in uh, per hour of, of a person's time but you will find if, if you're if you're aiming for that top one percent or you want to get to that top top few percentages yeah uh, you are most probably looking at going through mentorship yeah so, um mentorship you may not find everything with one mentor you may have to use a few different mentors yeah. um, if you are aiming for uh, high achievements and you want to get into the uh, you know the, the top few percentiles you are going to need mentorship from a few different people. Different people, yeah. Okay, great. Now that's been uh, quite useful, actually, what you're sharing uh, your your story and your experience to, to to the people on the on the on the podcast as well listening. So, uh, if people wanted uh, more information or to find you or uh, the PPN, and how would people find you or get in touch with you? Okay, so I'm available on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. I've only just uh, recently started using Instagram. So I'm not so uh, (laughs) social media savvy. I know my background is in IT, but (laughs) I'm on any social media. Uh, So, yeah, I'm available on uh, Facebook uh, with my name, Motio Islam, on LinkedIn. My name again on there is Motio Islam. And when I come to PPN, we're available uh, yeah. PPN Bradford, you can go to Progressive Property Networks uh, UK and you can book onto that. And yeah. if you want to reach out to me, I'm available on, on Messenger. I'm more than happy to help people yeah. f- find their path, especially when it's uh, to do with property. Yeah, no, that, that's brilliant. And I guess with the pandemic and the restrictions, the PPN has been on Zoom, isn't it? For the um, is is that uh, probably likely to be the case for the next few sessions? Do you think? I, I think it will be un- until we've got um, until the vaccine has actually uh, yeah. had an effect and brought the numbers down. I think we are mm. going to be over Zoom. It's very yeah. difficult at the moment. Even the venue that I've got is, is not open, so we just can't do in person. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. No, Matthew, it's been uh, a pleasure speaking to you. I've, uh, enjoyed having having a chat understanding your experience and the things you've managed to do so i'm sure 
you know, quite a, a, a lot of our, our listeners will be inspired with your story and probably, you know, reach out if they need any additional information. So thank you very much again for speaking to us and I'm sure we'll catch up soon and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, no. It's it's been it's been good because you've been uh, uh, ESA because we we uh, were doing the ESA together as well, isn't it? That's so right. That's yeah. Another um, um, venture that uh, you've been doing as well in terms of our uh, public speaking. So yeah, it's it's good. I'm sure we'll, we'll meet up again and we'll, we'll catch up soon. We'll probably see you at PPN as well and ESA, and uh, we'll we'll keep in touch. I'm sure at some point we'll probably collaborate on something as well. So. It's good to uh, create these networks. You know, this is what uh, this podcast is all about. Because you never know where the next opportunities, you know, come from. You know, some people will be listening to this podcast and oh, you know, this guy, I like this guy, and contact you, and never know what come comes up. So it's it's really good to to link up, and it was uh, really uh, great of you to agree to come and speak to us. So I really appreciate that. So we'll speak soon, and uh, thank you very much. All right, thanks a lot. All right, cheers. Yeah, Alex. All Bye. Right. Bye. Bye.